Today, we're going to start the session with a conversation with Deepak Gupta, founding partner at WEH Ventures. Deepak is joining us from Mumbai, India. Welcome, Deepak. Great to have you here. Thank you. So, Deepak, tell us a bit about uh, yourself as well as WEH Ventures. This is the first time uh, 1 million by 1 million is meeting you. So, uh, we're eager to find out more about uh, your investment thesis. Yeah, so basically, uh, I guess uh, I have been uh, part of the venture ecosystem uh, since the last 20 years, so not continuously, off and on. And then in the last six or seven years uh, in the early stage in India, uh, I run a fund called WH Ventures. Uh, we are now on to our second fund uh, as of Last year, we do pre-seed to seed investments, uh, which are primarily focused on the Indian market. Uh, we have a few which are uh, companies facing overseas, but predicated based in India. And uh, yeah, we are fairly sector agnostic. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a brief introduction. I guess now we are somewhat well known in the market. Uh, I've had some early success in the last few years. So, how big yeah, is the fund? Our fund is uh, almost exactly a billion rupees, so a little under fifteen million dollars. So it okay. is very much a micro sort of VC fund. Yeah. And uh, what size checks do you write? So we write checks of anywhere from, I would say, one hundred fifty. To four hundred thousand dollars to start with, okay. and uh, we are slightly more concentrated. So we we will do maybe fifteen odd deals from the fund, and therefore we have a decent reserve for at least one or two follow-on rounds. So you participate in the follow-ons as well, and um, you yes. said you do pre-seed to seed, which is which is consistent with your check sizes. Now, um, what do you look for in in the deals that you choose to invest in, what? How do you, you know, you've you've had quite a bit of success. So, what what characteristics have you decided determine that you are ready to write a check? So, I think, uh, I mean, we it's pretty common, I guess. Every investor has slightly different uh, weightages of certain things. I think uh, we operate in a very lean team. And uh, two partners, and basically uh, we we are fairly intuitive in the way we choose to do business. So uh, with the company, I think primarily I would say the majority of the uh, sort of the uh, decision, perhaps 50% or more, is the founder, and the remaining big chunk is sort of the market or what it can be. And then there are at, uh, times when there is a little bit of uh, market traction and things like that, uh, which obviously helps uh, uh, to take into account. What we try to avoid generally is to take cues from other investors in terms of whether X or Y investor is investing or not. So we try to keep our decision fairly independent and uh, typically, we don't want to know who else is there until we sort of made up our mind. 
Uh, and I think that has also helped us in having a little more uh, conviction uh, mm-hmm. when we enter. And uh, yes, it's very simple. I mean, and you know, there are certain times, I guess, <laughs> you need certain powders where. Uh, talk about some of your favorite deals and, and uh, kind of walk us through in what stage did you encounter this company, the entrepreneur? What did you see in the entrepreneur or the company or the market that really attracted you and made you want to write the check? So let's do maybe two or three case studies. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell you. So, for example, uh, uh, we have invested... Uh, in one of the companies we've invested in uh, from our first fund, the company called Small Case. Uh, and uh, when we looked at them, and this was uh, about three years back, uh, three and a half years back, uh, they had received a small pre-seed check in those days. And uh, they were having, I would say, a little bit of difficulty perhaps attracting capital for the next round. This company uh, essentially was creating uh, baskets of stocks uh, in a passive investing model, a bit like Motive used to do in the U.S., but the Indian market is and was very different. There was hardly any ETF-like product, and uh, a lot of the fintech investment sort of startups was basically hawking advice on which mutual fund to select, and the mm-hmm. participation in the fund was also low and has grown since then. So they were finding some really good success, this company, and uh, uh, the product was very beautiful. And uh, in fact, we stumbled upon them because we more keen initially to invest in companies which were similar to Econs and others, more like savings apps at that time. But somehow we stumbled upon them and they had an awesome product. They were creating this basket for stocks through one broker, and uh, as we saw it, within about a week or so, we, with, by the second meeting, we said we have to invest in this company. And it ended up being like an in-between round at that time, like a bridge round. And mm-hmm. since then, they've uh, raised multiple rounds of funding and, uh, you know, top-tier investors have come in uh, right after we came in. Uh, and some of the concerns, I guess, in the minds of institutional investors at that time was that they were attached to only one broker's platform and they were only a tool for very sort of uh, knowledgeable investors and not a marquee tool. And all those have been sort of cast aside to a large degree. They are a mainstream product. Everybody in the Indian sort of financial market has knows about them, wants to work with them. They work with almost all the brokers. They have fairly sizable AUM now. And uh, so again, that was like a high conviction thing where we reached out to them while researching around their sector, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily knowing about them up front. And then when we kind of liked it, we moved quickly to sort of... Uh, uh, give them our commitment, and of course, given that bridge round turned out to be larger than perhaps was envisaged at that point because some more interest came from more established investors. And then we backed mm-hmm. them for, I think, all the rounds so far, so about four rounds. Okay. Uh, and we've done this again and again with other companies, so despite not having a huge amount of capital, I think we've tried to uh, sort of 
wherever we had conviction, we not packed off. Uh, and so we've ended up doing three to four rounds in uh, quite a few companies now. Is fintech uh, a particular interest? Uh, is fintech an area of particular interest for your fund? So I would say uh, there are three or four areas where we've sort of done more work. Uh, one of them is uh, the whole Indian content space, which began to take shape around 2016 17 mm -hmm. where you know most of most indians actually consume content in their own language <laughs> and over time it is mostly video so youtube is like the biggest platform and that way started around 2015 16 and we took some early bets then and have continued to do that and we've now gotten into gaming so that's one big piece the other big piece where we have uh, played is uh, initially we started doing some brands, uh, DTC brands, direct-to-consumer, because <clears throat> around three or four years back, that was just about beginning to get some legs in India. Over time, it has become a broader commerce strategy because commerce has just exploded around the world and in India, emerging markets uh, during COVID. <laughs> so we've done a two or three sort of non-brand uh, commerce plays in enablers and things like that. The third uh, sector we played in uh, with some frequency is FinTech in general. So we done small case. Uh, from a second fund, we did a company called JAR, which is also sort of in a broader related space of savings. They focus more on the middle India in a very simple interface. So we've done some of that. And then we have uh, <coughs> other sectors, like we've done something in uh, livestock called Animal, which is not necessarily based on an ad initial thesis, but, you know, India is the biggest livestock market uh, in the world, and they're solving a very big problem. So we we are not completely thesis-driven. I would say it's half and half. Half of it is uh, either, I would say big thesis, but sort of themes or ideas we pick up and sort of chew through and then find something interesting. And uh, half of it is just things that spring up which are exciting and we like them and move quickly. One of the trends that we see in the Indian uh, small funds is that they mm -hmm. some of them are exiting their investments into the Series C or Series D into other venture funds. Mm -hmm. Is that something yes. you are doing? What is your point what is your point of view on that style of investing? Yeah, I mean that's certainly a part for us because uh, if we don't uh, unless we keep investing substantially, you know, in the later rounds, it sometimes doesn't make sense to keep holding a position because mm -hmm. you do get diluted. Also, we have raised funds, many of us and our ilk have raised funds from domestic investors who have typically had a slightly shorter uh, life cycle view on investments. Yeah. And that is getting uh, gradually sort of lengthened. Uh, so we also uh, sort of, uh, I would say subscribe to that. Uh, I think the other thing, of course, is that 
the M&A market in India for the longest time has been quite limited. I would say only in the last two or three years yeah. that some of the bigger startups and now even the incumbents like the Tata Group and you know other SMCG companies, etc., have begun to actively you know do M&As uh, with some decent value. So you know five years ago, I don't think. There's much M&A happening in any case. No, the time so to the, exit. The route was just stacking Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we we do subscribe to that. This is part of our strategy of exiting, of course, uh, unless we all wait for IPO and things like that, which takes some longer time typically. Okay. Okay. Um, Deepak, can you share with us a little bit of your overview? Um, analysis of the Indian startup ecosystem. You have been off and on, but you have been playing at it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, what, how do you yeah. synthesize the evolution of the market? You know, so I think uh, if you ask me, uh, even five, six years back, would we, would we be where we are today? I, I, I could not have contemplated it to that extent. And I think there are two, three vectors. Like if you see the the quality of the founders and the quality, I, I by that I don't mean just their inherent quality, uh, but you know the the speed at which they can acquire the skill sets and the networks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially in markets like Bangalore and uh, the Delhi region, etc., which are deeper sort of startup markets. Mm -hmm. and therefore start executing at a very high level very quickly was never the case. I mean, in the early 2000s, the companies that used to raise venture capital in a very small Indian market were essentially nearly profitable quasi-IP and services companies, which would typically need maybe one injection of capital and then would go IPO you know, mm -hmm. for a few hundred million dollars. And that was probably slightly different from the U.S., but not too different. And now, of course, it's very different. The other is, of course, the depth of the Indian market. Uh, these so-called consumer internet plays. I think when I first looked at the internet subscribers in India early in my career, it was something on the order of 4 million. Mm -hmm. And now it's like seven, 800 million. So yeah. that, nobody imagined that that happened only 2016 onwards with the telecom sort of geo revolution. Right. And of course, now the third way, which is Indian founders uh, sort of directly jumping into global markets or not, you know, very soon from founding, having a global play in mind and having the confidence to sort of make a dent there. So I think those are the good things. What is still developing, I guess, is the capital market part, the M&A market, uh, the IPO market has obviously seen some legs over the last 12 months or so, but I think we'll have to wait for it to season out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But all showing positive trends. So, yeah, I mean, one could not have imagined, and I would think over the next 10, 15 years, this will only get bigger, right? So, yeah. so I think it's a good time. Of course, the, some people say it's a bubble, etc. I think it might be from a one or two year lens perspective, but over a decade, it does sound like, you know, there's so much depth building in this market that it is one of the 
frontier sort of venture markets in the world for sure definitely and and i think uh, you know what you said earlier about about the kind of investments that you do the early pre seed seed investment with a small mm-hmm. fund this is a very mm-hmm. important piece of the ecosystem right there there is a lot of mm-hmm. these bigger funds the you know brand name funds from uh, silicon valley have all set up shop in india and so forth but this is a stage that they don't do so it's it's a very mm-hmm. important piece of the ecosystem where uh, the fact that we are seeing this bridging of the long exit cycle with some exits into follow on venture rounds mm-hmm. and so forth are creative ways of addressing the issues so you know for entrepreneurs who you who are listening to this um, i would i would kind of synthesize this conversation by saying that um, you know india is a very robust market right now and a very high potential market right the 700 800 million uh internet consumers is an incredibly attractive uh population of customers but that customer base um a large piece of that customer base is extremely frugal uh their wallet size is very low so to get wallet share in that market you really need to have something very compelling and you need to understand the nuances of that on the investor side investors are interested in those markets in the beginning the first part of the indian venture ecosystem we saw only the first maybe 100 million affluent customer base as the target audience now that audience has broadened but that the the next phase of that audience is needs a different way of servicing so so these are the trends that you may want to look at and how your venture your idea fits into that trend is going to determine whether you can achieve investor entrepreneur fit or not we stress a lot on investor entrepreneur fit and in the case of wh ventures and deepak what he's saying is that he is willing to write those early checks and that's a very unique um, set of investors who are writing these very early checks and um, you know either you bootstrap or you connect with somebody like Deepak who's willing to write those pre-seed checks so um and and that has its nuances and so one of the nuances that you should be aware of is if it takes long for your venture to get to exit then one way to mitigate that circumstance is by having your pre-seed seed investors exit into the series b series d investors and that's a fine part of this of kind of dividing your venture journey instead of going from 0 to 100 million in 5 to 7 years with one set of vcs you could split that up into two parts where you go from let's say 0 to maybe 10 million with one set of investors and then have them exit into the next phase of investors did i summarize that well deepak do you want to add to it yes you did you know but the thing is the pace of value creation is at least at the moment much faster than that you know we have had companies hitting the unicorn status within 2 years 3 years <laughs> on a regular regular cadence in india yes yeah. yeah so so you know it's not that people like us i mean we are not i mean our ideal exit is something that returns our fund more than 1x right sometimes 2 3 4x 
or more. So that's not going to happen at 50 or 100. Of course, we'll take those exits, but we do feel that you know they'll happen at 500 million, a billion, or even one and a half billion within four to five years. It's quite. But feasible. not in the or not all entrepreneurs in India are going to become unicorns. See, our our audience is a much broader body of inv- body yeah. of entrepreneurs, right? So our mission is one million mm-hmm. by one million. So, yeah. I mean, how many unicorns are going to happen in the world today? There are about a thousand unicorns. That is true. That is true. Uh, but, you know, I think, I would think uh, by the, in a year or so, it is quite possible for us that from a very small portfolio of, say, 20 odd companies, which we would accumulate over the last, so we don't invest at a very rapid rate. We might have one, maybe two unicorns out of that. Yes, of uh, And of course, it may not happen, but I, I, I'm saying it's not implausible the way things are not at, at the all. moment. Not at all. But, but even if you have one or two unicorns, you have other another 18 companies that you will need to find exits for. And sure. uh, of course, that's of course. where uh, having some uh, a mitigated strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. They, are, they are also valuable, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. And, and and for the entrepreneur, you entrepreneur gets one shot. An investor has a portfolio. Entrepreneur gets one shot. So the entrepreneur has to find a success in one shot. Um, so that's Absolutely. why all those other strategies are also important uh, and relevant. Of course, of course. Absolutely. All right, Deepak, thank you very much for coming today. Uh, very yeah. nice to meet you, and and uh, hope we will have a chance to work together in uh, yeah. from our portfolio to yours. Yeah, thank you, thank you for inviting me.